what I thought would be embarrassing. In that moment, I fail, I lose, and I hated failing. I hated losing. I hated the way it makes me feel about myself to lose. When everyone around you is watching, everyone on your team sees, everyone on their team sees, and everyone in the stands, they would all see me lose. I hated that. I wonder how many of you have played Little League or softball. Shake your head with me if you have. Yeah? And how many of you, in any of those times you played, how many of you struck out at least one time? Shake your head if you did. Did you? Yeah? A lot of us did. Now, when you struck out, did you quit and never go back and ever, ever play again? No. Most of us, we played again because we realize it's a game. Three strikes and, well, you're out. And it's great for baseball, good for softball. These are the rules of the game, and they make sense. And we can operate within those boundaries knowing these are the rules for the game. This is how you play the game. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose, but we live to play again. Three strikes and you're out. It makes for a good game, but it makes for a horrible life because we only get one life. And we have all, me too, we have all already struck out. We have all lost in this life, maybe in different ways, but the common link is we have all lost. Now, some of us, though, have found our way to God. Many of us here today and many of us uh, participating online, we have found our way to God. And that would describe us. But there are others today, maybe some in this room today, and maybe some of our friends and family listening online, maybe some of us have something blocking us from God. And that would describe maybe some of us today, something blocking us from God. It kind of feels like we get divided into two groups. It seems we have the church people and we have the non-church people. And for many of maybe the non-church people, it might feel like this game is a, an us versus them. Maybe to a non-church person, it might feel like that it is a, a non-church people um, versus the church people. And no wonder maybe many of them don't want to participate in a church because maybe they are not even interested in playing that game, us versus them. There's been this hot word for about the last 15 years, and the word is called tolerance. Now, tolerance, it just simply kind of, you can boil it down to this. It means just put up with each other already, okay? Just get along, people. What is wrong with all of you humans to not get along? You know, human tolerance can deal with these differences between people. On some level, it can. But it can't do something that is really, really important. Tolerance cannot remove guilt. Now, you want to talk about someone who has a lot of tolerance. 
not me, <laughs> someone who has a lot of tolerance. Uh, um, and here's the thing, God has so much tolerance. We really don't think about God as, as someone with tolerance, but God does. God puts up with so much and he allows us to follow all kinds of other things that we think are best. And God allows us to follow all kinds of religions and all kinds of things that we choose to worship and place more value upon than him. He tolerates that. God watches us destroy ourselves and to destroy each other, and yet God holds off his judgment, which is right, and it is fair, and he holds that judgment off, allowing more time for a few more people to follow him. Now, that's not just tolerance. That is grace. And if we, who call ourselves part of the church, are to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this world, we must be full of that kind of grace, which actually is the opposite of three strikes and you're out. Here's what that kind of grace has done for us. If you're a follower of Jesus, here's what it does. Romans chapter 8. We're going to bounce around in Romans quite a bit today. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. So now... There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. No condemnation for anyone who is in Christ. No more strikeouts if you're in Christ, if you're a Christ follower. And that could lead us to say, wow, if God is for us, who could be against us if he has taken all the strikeouts for us? You see, God has this way, as only he can really do through his grace, to make unacceptable acceptable. Grace, it leads to acceptance, which really means it allows us to draw near in a relationship with God without condemnation. Now, here's why and kind of how that happens and what it looks like. Now, we're going to read something from one of the original disciples, followers of Jesus, and one of those disciples who was among the three that were actually the closest to Jesus in relationship, and his name is Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, here's what Peter writes. He says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time, he never sinned. That's why he could do this. He never sinned, but he died for sinners, that's all of us, to bring them safely home to God. Wow. He goes on. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Now, that does not mean raised as a spirit or raised as a ghost. He physically came back to life through the power of God's spirit. Wow. He loves us. Jesus really does love us, and he proved it. God himself, Jesus, put skin, flesh and blood 
on grace. And Jesus, Jesus went out there and loved us as if we loved him too. Wow. And for all of those who are now connected to Jesus, here's what Jesus says to us. And this is Paul writing in the book of Romans. Now we're kind of towards a later part of Romans here, chapter 15, verse 7. If we're a follower of Jesus, this is now our responsibility. He says, therefore, accept, accept each other just as Christ accepted you. And here's why, so that God will be given glory. Jesus, God himself, put on the skin and human flesh, which is putting skin, God himself putting skin on grace. He did what he needed to do and he left. And now he says to you and he says to me, hey, if you follow me, Jesus is saying, you must now also put your skin and your flesh on my grace. You know, there's all kinds of groups in America today and really around the world, but let's just talk about America. So many groups who do so much better than the church. I mean, it is groups out here around us where you can find a cure for cancer. I mean, even that one uh, uh, St. Jude's in, in Memphis, oh, they just do amazing things. They see more cures for cancer than we see here in the church, right? They accept people. All these groups around us outside of the church, so many of them accept people better than the church does. The world around us offers many different places for all kinds of people to fit in. Many groups around us, you know what? They build more houses for the homeless than the church does. They feed more meals to the hungry than the church does. But I, I say that to say this. There's at least one thing that the world around us cannot do and will never be able to do. The world around us can't hand out grace. Only God through the church can do that. Hmm. But here's what's so ironic about that. The world around us, especially in America, the world around us does not connect the church with anything that looks like grace. Instead, they connect to the church judgment. Now, that's why when I read the statement that I'm getting ready to make in just a, a moment, when I read this statement about 15 years ago, my heart leapt because it was the church putting skin on grace. 
it was true then of some churches, and it is true today of Stuttgart Harvest Church, and, and it is becoming true of the church in Malvern. And my friends, it must remain true. So here's that statement. Know this. At our church, you can just come as you are. We don't care what you wear. Just wear something. We don't have a preferred age group. And I'll be honest, we could care less about who you voted for. This is not a place to put on a churchy face and to hide uh, the problems that you experience. In fact, the church is a place where God runs to searching people who are far from imperfect. Anyone is welcome. No matter how new you are to this spiritual journey thing or no matter how long you have been on this spiritual journey, just keep coming. Learn at your own pace. Ask questions. Genuinely seek. We believe truly that your heart is going to find what you've been looking for. So keep coming. Just keep coming. You're going to learn how to relate to God. You're going to experience eventually community uh, with other Christ followers. Now, this next one is huge. Keep coming and keep taking steps, and you will certainly change. You are welcome here. We're just going to seek God together, so just come as you are. Now, that statement... That statement is not a us versus them. It is not an us churchy people, self-righteous who love God's law versus them, those sinners who break God's law. No. Let me say this though. If it was an us versus them, it wouldn't look like that at all. You know what it would be? It would be heaven versus all of us. And guess what? We lose. <laughs> because the law always brings death and it always brings judgment, nothing more. The law never saved a single person. The law is a mirror and its job is to simply show you and me the law can't fix us. It was never meant to fix us. So God fixed it. Do you know what he did? He gave us his score. Now that's how God proves acceptance. And it looks a whole lot like this. Romans chapter 7 verse 4. Paul says, so my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. In other words, when you denied yourself, took up your cross daily and followed him, when you died to yourself, you died to the power that the law had on you. He goes on, and now you are united with the one who has raised you from the dead. 
as a result. So because of all of this, because we've died to the law and we were following Jesus and we have his power and his spirit living in us here, and now you are united with the one who's raised from the dead. As a result, here it is, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. Not in our own strength, not in our own power. It's because we're following him and his spirit is changing us. It goes on, verse 5. When we were controlled by the old nature, the sinful desires the, the, uh, uh, that were at work inside of us, within us, and, and the law aroused those evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds, they all resulted in death. But now, verse 6, but now we have been, re, uh, we have been released from the law, for we died to it. We are no longer captive to its power. Why? Because the death, the law only brings death and judgment. We have, we're no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God. In the old way of obeying the letter of the law, no, 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 not in that way, he says, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. All of that to say. God provided a way for us when we shouldn't have been provided for. God loved us when we were unlovely. God loved us while we were hating him. And in doing so, if we choose to follow him, we're dead to the law. And now, replaced by the law, we have God's spirit who is now inside of us. And it is God's spirit who is making those changes slowly, 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 but surely as we pursue Christ. See, I had another idea about God some years ago. I thought, well, he, he will accept me if I do better, if I live better, if I keep his law better, then God will accept me more. And then I thought, oh, yeah, 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 and this. Hey, let me help you be better too so that God will also accept you. Now, why is it that we think that we can help people live better and be accepted by God when the truth is we couldn't even make ourselves acceptable to God? And I think the answer is because we just don't really trust God. We feel like we have to continue to try to earn him, to try to prove to him we can do better, to try to do better. And with all that trying comes a joyless, worrisome, stressed out life. And I just want to say this, if that is also what your idea of God is like now, what I used to think, and I want to say this, you need to go and fire that God, because that's not God. God, as I have been in my life, he still accepted me, and he does you too. He proved it. Now, let, let's make a note here. Acceptance is not the same as agreement. You see, God accepted me, but he did not agree with what I was doing and the way I was living. And that is grace. 
he still accepted me even though he did not agree with what I was doing and the way I was living. And now Jesus says, we are all supposed to do that. We are all supposed to, if we're a follower of Jesus, to put skin, our skin, on his grace. So what if we are misunderstood? So what if someone out there thinks that our accepting them, so what if they think that we are agreeing with the way they live, even though that's not what it is? Putting skin on grace is worth the risk of being misunderstood. At least, at least God thinks so. Grace, it says this. Because of truth, grace says this. Come as you are. But don't stay that way. Yes, come as you are. But don't stay that way. You know, if we are really doing life with God, do you know what happens? We grow. He changes us slowly. If we're really doing life with God. You want, you want to know what that looks like? Romans chapter 8, verse 1. We already read this, so now there is no condemnation in those who belong to Christ Jesus. Verse 2, and because you belong to him, that means if you have died yourself, taken up your cross, and you followed him, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power that leads to death. What was that? The law. The law of Moses, verse 3, was unable to save us of the uh, weakness of our sinful nature. So, this was no surprise to God. It was never meant to save us. So, God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body. You know what that is? Putting flesh on grace. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 4, he did this so that the just requirement of the law could be fully satisfied for us. In other words, we lost the game, we struck out, but Jesus went in there and played it for us, a perfect game, sinless, and he said, here, have my score. Verse 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit Think about things that please the Spirit. That is saying, as we follow Jesus, His Spirit changes us from our mind to our behavior, our heart, mind, behavior, slowly as we follow Him over time. If we're just searching for some kind of feel-good experience alone, then we're going to stay the same and we're not going to change. But if we're chasing after God, 
His spirit is changing us, and that never fails. That's what that passage is saying. So my friends, this is us. Stuttgart Harvest Church and the church in Malvern. This is us. We're creating environments to help people grow in their loving God. We're creating environments and experiences so that we can grow in our loving the people around us. Thirdly, we are creating environments and also opportunities where God's Spirit can build our character to be more like the character of Jesus. And that's the work of God's Spirit on the inside of our lives, heart, mind, behavior. And here's the fourth thing. We are creating environments that are building Christ's church. And it all starts right here as we say this. Come on. Start here just as you are. Hey, come over here. Sit here with us. Serve here with us. Walk with us. Talk with us. Learn to love other people with us and learn to pray and to communicate and to follow God with us. Learn how to chase after Jesus with us. And so it all comes to this this morning. Here's what we're asking. Will you put your skin on God's grace? Will you do it? In this area, everywhere around Malvern, will you help us Will you help us to say, come just as you are? Don't stay that way, but come just as you are. And will you help us rebuild what the church is going to look like in this new day of a time frame called COVID? Will you? Will you help us to tell your friends and your family and your co-workers all around you? Will you say, come as you are. We have been expecting you. You know, people have confused God with the judgmental Christians that they can find here in America. They've confused God with that. But that is not God. And my friends, that is not us. No wonder Jesus had to make it really clear so that we could learn to trust in who God really is. So Jesus said things like this. He said, you know what? Listen, God God is like the shepherd who took the risk to leave his 99 sheep and to risk his own safety and go out there and find that one lost sheep. It was worth the risk. That's what God's like. Jesus said, God is like the wife who jumps up and down and gets all excited and all happy when she finds that one little coin 
that she thought she lost. That's what God is like. Jesus said, God, you want to know what he's like? He's like the father whose son rejected him and moved out and spent half of the family's fortune, just lived like hell and wasted it all. Yet when that son returns, God is like that father who humiliates himself by running out to meet that son And he wraps his loving, grace-filled arms around that son. He says, that's what God is like. God is not our enemy. God is the one who's been searching for you. God is the one who has been searching for everyone around us. And he was dying. He died to draw people close in relationship to him to help them become everything that he created them to be, he rose again. That is God. That is Jesus who put his skin on grace. And that is what God has called us to become. To take our skin put it on his grace and say, come on, just as you are, come on, come just as you are. Let's just not stay that way, but come just as you are. Let's pray. Jesus, you found me when I was lost and I was alone. You found me. You you accepted me, Jesus, just like I was. You have been patient with me as I have imperfectly followed you and fumbled around in this life. But Jesus, you have been faithful to change me and you continue to change me. And Jesus, may we be the voice in the wilderness of this lost world, shouting out with love that says, God accepts us just like we are. He died to prove it. And he rose again to make it possible to change us step by step. Jesus, may we come as we are, but we, may we never, ever be content staying that way. May we allow you to change us as we chase after you, Jesus, and we pray all of these things in your name. Amen.